0: everyone and welcome to the first and possibly only episode of the Saturday Morning Wrestling Conversation. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as Week 161 of Wrestletopia draws to a close. Happy Saturday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AW winds down and I took the last few days off from podcasting because I was a little bit tired in all honesty and it really started with an XT on this past Tuesday because it's been a show lately and the One thing I don't want to do is phone in reports. If nothing's happening of note, I don't talk about it. NXT has been a very dry show as of late, and even when it was 2.0, it was never boring, but this stretch is definitely a choice heading to Saint and deliver in five weeks time in LA. You want this to be the marquee event of your year so far, and it just feels so lackluster. Hopefully things pick up at Roblox in a couple of weeks because the road to Saint and deliver so far has been very meh, and I want to care. I think I will care closer we get to the date, but the TV for NXT has got to pick up because as of late, it's been Mm. And I did not want to talk about it on Tuesday night, unfortunately, because I was just over the show and I want to care emotionally. But when I don't, I just say, you know what? I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to call it a day and see you on Wednesday. And even on Dynamite on Wednesday, I was like, ah, oh, this is an all right show. I love the opener between Orange Cassidy and Willie Utah for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. And the crowd was absolutely hot for this match. And Orange Cassidy and Willie Utah delivered a pay-per-view caliber match to kick off Dynamite might and they maximized every bit of the 20 or so minutes they were given as Orange Cassidy is the kind of guy that will surprise you in the ring he can give you sloth but then he can give you physicality and technique and we saw all of that on display this past Wednesday which I appreciated and an early highlight was Orange Cassidy pinning Willa Uta with their seatbelt for a near fall and Willa Uta got spooked by that Claudio Castagnoli, the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion comes out to slap some sentence into Willa Uta which likes to fire under Willer's ass as he delivers a tope to Orange Cassidy on the outside. Then he's going to throw Orange over the timekeeper's table, then throw the table on top of him, which was something else. The fans are jeering and booing at Willa Yuta's heelish actions. He slams Orange face 1st versus the ring post as well. He steps in his face for good measure and the match continues to get physical. Orange fights back as a counter. German suplexes. And then we have... Willie Uta going for the mousetrap on Orange Cassidy for a near fall. And then the turning point happens when Willie Uta spits his gum in Orange Cassidy's face. And the gum lands directly on Orange's forehead. Perfect placement. Orange spits back at Willie Uta. And they're trading forearms and strikes. And this is a battle the fans are living for. It's physical. It's bruising. And I loved it. And the highlight of this match was Orange Cassidy landing the orange punch on Willie Uta. And Willie Yuta kicks out at like 2.5, and the fans are going crazy at this. And then we have Orange landing the beach break on Willie Yuta once again, and Yuta kicks out at 2.99. The fans can't believe it. Orange can I'm shocked too. I thought that was it. So we have Willie on his knees, kind of begging for mercy, saying I'm sorry. I bit off more than I can chew Orange. We were besties back in the day, maybe two years ago when I was a part of Best Friends and I left you for the Blackpool Combat Club. Forgive me. Orange says fuck all that. Punch you out one more time with the Orange Punch to retain the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. And after the match is over, it appears that Willie Ute was going to shake Orange Cassidy's hand to make peace and then Claudia Castagnoli comes out to say, well, we don't do that here as a part of the Blackpool Combat Club. No love shown. And Willa Uta walks away and rebuffs Orange Cassidy. I thought this was so good. Willa Uda and Orange Cassidy have amazing chemistry. This could have been on the Revolution pay-per-view as an opening match. It set the tone for the evening. But Phoenix got fed real nicely. with this match, first time in market, Footprint Center, and they delivered big. And I loved this match easily the best in-ring thing on the show from Dynamite this past Wednesday. Another highlight was Jungle Boy Jack Perry getting the jump on Christian Cage. And let me tell you something. I really saw Luke Perry through Jungle Boy on Wednesday. I think it was a leather jacket that did it. All I saw was Luke Perry and that was the first time Jungle Boy really embodied the spirit of his dad in terms of the look and the swag. And I loved it. I got chills watching him beat up Christian Cage in that leather jacket that reminded me so much of his father from back in the day. And then when he had the man down and African for a concerto, we could pull the trigger when it counted most so christian cage low blows jungle boy beats his ass and he throws a chair directly in jungle boy's face busts him open and he slams jungle boy face first into the steel chair Over and over and over again. This is such a blood feud, but I love it. And I hope it all wraps up at Revolution in the next week or so. Because it's been going on for a while now. And Christian Cage is healed up from the triceps injury. Good to see him back. But Jungle Boy needs to end this feud by beating Christian Cage to go after a major championship in AEW sometime this year. But I loved it. But I saw Luke Perry through Jungle Boy because of that leather jacket. It just gave me goosebumps in the best possible way another highlight from dynamite this past wednesday was mgf's promo to brian danielson about him being jealous of the american dragon for being loved for having a family something that mgf wished he could have with the woman he loves and he thought he had that he thought he had someone that understood him because for a long time he felt unlovable unwanted despised and reviled and someone loved him for him because he did good in him and he wanted to build a life with her marry her have kids, be a dad, and have that family life he's always craved. And then she broke up with him. And this is legitimate because MJF was engaged a few months ago and they have since parted ways. I feel bad about that, but MJF always brings real life to his promos. And he talks about like the one thing that won't leave him is the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, a.k.a. Triple B, it's in my life. I won't let her go no matter what. And I'm jealous of you because you have the wife and the kids and you keep coming back despite having the most concussions of all time. Brian Danielson, that's why I hate you because you have what I want, the family that I crave that I cannot have. And you gamble it away every time you step in that ring, risking a concussion, risking another seizure and foaming at the mouth. Like how dare you get in there and try to do something that you know you shouldn't be doing right now. And he's going in on Danielson, calls out William Regal and his drug addictions once again. And then he takes things to another level by calling out Danielson's children by name, Birdie and Buddy. And the one flaw for me was that when Danielson threatened to kick Maxwell's ass for mentioning his kids, Maxwell says, Uncle Max is going to beat your dad's ass a revolution in his career, embarrass him. And (laughs) Danielson stood there and let this guy talk about his kids. He should have went out there and beat his ass. So he let the guy get in the ring. And then he says, I'm going to teach kids about the true meaning of CTE. And then the brawl is on. They're fighting, they're scrapping. It's a great pull-apart brawl. We got security and producers out there trying to break up this fight. And at one point we have Danielson running around ringside and he delivers a forearm strike to MGF and the guy goes down. He is knocked the fuck out. It looked legit. He did not move. And that was a stiff shot. And it really was the exclamation point on a very heated segment. I'm still very mixed on MGF and this line, he's walking as a heel because I think he's trying very hard to be hated. But I keep saying this that when the fans want to cheer you, don't fight it because I think he's naturally charismatic as a babyface. We saw it last fall, and I think he tried to fight that tide saying, No, I don't want this for myself right now. But at some point, You have to realize, hmm, this might be my calling card for right now to be a guy that is beloved, that can be shades of gray, that does not have to be perfect all the time, but can be relatable. He's incredibly relatable by the stories he tells, but sometimes he goes for shock value a little bit too much. And there's layers to the origin story that's a bit murky for me right now. What more can you tell us about your life? Because I feel for you. I truly do. And that's what baby faces do. They make you feel Heels do the same thing, but I'm not supposed to feel sorry for you. I'm supposed to hate you in every way possible. But Maxwell does not make it easy because he tries to personalize a lot of his stuff and it makes him compelling to listen to and watch. He's captivating. I've praised him nonstop on this show, but I will call him out for saying that you might want to explore this baby face thing in the next year or so because you would actually be great at it. It's okay to be loved outside of Long Island. The fans want to actually root for you, love you and stand for you, but he's fighting. And at some point you got to listen to what the people actually want. They want to cheer for you. They want to rock with you. They want to love you. Let them do that. And that is something you'll learn in due time. He's what, 26 going on 27 imminently. I want this guy to truly... Be everything he says he is. Because he has the potential to be one of the greats to ever do it on the mic and in the ring. He is a complete package, but he needs to trust his instincts. If people want to love you, let them. Stop fighting it. Because right now, I sense he's trying way too hard to be hated. It was easy a year or two ago, but when you start to show your layers and your true self, it opens yourself up to being relatable. And that promo you cut at the Forum in L.A., was relatable. The people were like, we see you, we feel you. And when he came back it all out, he was cheered and people were proud to be devil worshipers. That's okay. You can be a shades of gray character and still be over. And I hope he realizes that someday because he's got it it has got to trust and lean into it and not overthink it. And it might be a little bit of that right now heading into this Iron Man match against Danielson at Revolution next Sunday on pay-per-view. One more down on my note, and this is a note for John Moxley, because I have joked recently that he is now the new Cody Rhodes, three things in life are guarantee, death taxes, and John Moxley bleeding on a Wednesday night. And we got that once again. But not only that, we got Evil Uno bleeding an absolute gusher through his mask, which was absolutely gnarly the guy put in a great performance lives a set on the outside the john moxley lives a power driver as well for a near fall whoops his ass at various pourings of fans loving it because mox is being too much of a heel during this matchup but mox is going to choke out evil uno and he won't let go and the blood is pouring out of Deuce's forehead on the mat through the mask it was a hell of a visual that was too much for me I have to say. So after the match is over, we have Alex Reynolds and John Silver trying to break things up. Then we got Claudio and Willie U to start and shit as well. Hangman Page comes out. He gets some barbed wire to wrap around his hand and he is going to bust open Jon Moxley. And you can see the fucking flesh cut through his forehead and he's putting a gusher. He's bleeding everywhere. And... Hangman Page is beating his ass. The fans love it because they're not feeling this Mox Blackpool Combat Club heel thing going on right now. And he goes to Buckshaw Larry and Mox Rose Out the Ring, ones away so bloody to wrap up Dynamite at the top of the hour. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a lot of blood. This is too much. I get desensitized to it because I see it too much. I see it damn near every week and it's a lot. And I love John Moxley. I think he's an absolutely outstanding professional wrestler. He relies too much on blood at this point. It's a running joke and that should not be the case. It was alluded to when Punk and Mox were feuding last year, like you're going to bleed on me this week. Like you have to curtail that and save the blood for key moments because we see blood every week. What does blood and guts mean at this point? Not a damn thing when you're seeing Gushers from Evil Uno and Mox. Are you going to see it again in Revolution? And rightfully so, but you've seen it so much this year. Do you care at this point? And that is something that Tony Khan has to really think about in terms of presentation. Blood is great to tell a story when need be, but every single week, choices. And I'm not here for it. And I hope that's something that A.W. reigns in post-Revolution. Stop the bloodbaths every single week. Just saying. And with that, it wraps up a pretty solid Dynamite. First time in Phoenix, Arizona at the Footprint Center where the Suns play. I enjoyed it. And it segues into SmackDown from last night. Not a particularly strong show post-elimination chamber. We get the bloodline. On the show, we get Jimmy Uso in the main event spot, calling out his brother, saying, I will always have you back. And he's saying, we got to work shit out before Roman comes back next week to lay down the law when one way or the other. And Sami Zayn is going to hop over the barricade, make his way through the crowd, and he's going to get on Jimmy's ass because he tells Jimmy, listen, you betraying me hurt at the Warrior Rumble because we were dogs remember you trusted me before jay did in all of this you had my back when roman gave me the side eye locked me out the locker room when paul Heyman thought very little of me you backed me up you supported me you showed love and made me an honorary oos. you gave me that title no one else so when i made the decision to turn on roman reigns at the royal rumble you pulled the trigger and flipped on me with zero hesitation And that hurt me so much. And Jimmy's like, well, listen, you put the trigger first. You attack Roman Reigns, my cousin, my blood. So what was I supposed to do? Stand there and do nothing? He fought back. And Sammy responds by saying that you should know better because your cousin knows better. He's been manipulated by Romans from the start. Family doesn't make you jump through hoops. Family doesn't make you do something you don't want to do. Don't pressure you, gaslight you to make you think you're lesser than. Because I'm trying not to hurt Jay. I'm trying not to hurt you. I just want Roman Reigns because ultimately he is at the heart and center of the bloodline. It's not too late for you because you saw through the Roman until he made you fall in the line. And it's true because Jimmy came back a couple of years ago from his torn ACL injury. And he was like, I'm nobody's bitch. He tried to have Jay see the light. And Jay was snowed by Roman. And ultimately, Jimmy got snowed by Roman too. And as we're having this conversation, Jay appears through the crowd. And the fans are popping for this. And Sami Zayn is blindsided by Jimmy because Sami is looking at Jay in the crowd. And Jay's making his way down to the ring with his tag team title both in tow. And Jimmy's encouraging Jay, hey, help me beat this guy's ass. But in doing so, Sammy lands a halluva kick on Jimmy Uso. And Jay is not jumping in to help one way or the other. He's taking in the scene and it's intriguing. So Sola comes out to go after Sammy Zayn. Sammy is tempted to run to Jay, but he goes on the opposite side of the crowd and they're both looking around and taking in the moment. And Jay is still undecided he did not flinch one time when sammy was going after jimmy and vice versa he just stood there and took the scene in and we'll find out what will happen in washington dc next friday on smackdown roman reigns is back and he's going to make jay make the decision are you with the bloodline are you against the bloodline Are you for sammy or against sammy what will jay uso do we'll find out next friday on fox roman is back and i think that Jay will flip on Sammy and I'll cry because I love their bromance so much, but there's a long play here. I think they'll get along again, post WrestleMania season. I just love their relationship. Their friendship is so sweet. And Jay being this conflicted says a lot like damn, they've come a long way because this was six months ago. He's beating Sammy's ass. But it's like, Look at that growth and evolution. You gotta love it. And I love the storyline still. The best damn thing in professional wrestling today. And the fans still love Sammy, And the bloodline are still going through it. And we'll see what Roman has to say next week. As Jey Uso has a very big decision to make. Is it Sami Zayn or the bloodline? And Roman's reaction is going to say a lot. And before I bid you all adieu, I want to dive into one match from AEW Rampage. Going down taped from the Footprint Center in... Phoenix, Arizona. I got to shout out the Young Bucks versus Aussie Opens, Mark Davis, and Kyle Fletcher. This match was outstanding. 20 minutes of absolute greatness. They were so good together. The counter wrestling, the high flying, the Bucks doing a lot of selling for Aussie Open. Nick Jackson taking a brain buster on the floor by Kyle Fletcher. We got Matt Jackson rocked numerous times with Larry. It's courtesy of Mark Davis. He had Mark Davis slamming both Bucks at the same time in a great spot. It was just a physical, beautiful matchup that really showcased both teams at their best and the highlight was actually them causing some tag team miscommunication amongst themselves. We got the Young Bucks super kicking each other. We got Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher mistiming clotheslines on each other. We have the Young Bucks causing Davis to power drive Kyle Fletcher. We have the Young Bucks running their knees into each other. And that leads ultimately to the Bucks manning the BT trigger on Kyle Fletcher for the one two three. This match was absolutely outstanding. The work between all... Four guys was stellar. I just loved it. Nick wiping out Fletcher with a flip dive on the outside. Matt doing the same to Mark Davis. And it was just a spectacle. They had this crowd hot from start to finish. One of the best tag team matches of the year so far. And a clear reminder that the Young Bucks are one of the best tag teams to ever do it. Because they truly bring out the very best in their opponents. And Aussie Open had by far their best match on AEW television to date last night against the Bucks two-thirds of the AEW trios champions. And after the match was over, the House of Black kind of put the Elite on notice ahead of their trios championship match in a week's time at Revolution from San Francisco at the Chase Center where the Warriors play. And that should be a very good show. That is nine to ten matches deep. Hopefully nothing will be added because we don't want a really long show with a 60-minute Iron Man match between Danielson and MJF anchoring the pay-per-view for the most part. And with that this wraps up, the week that was for WWE and AEW. I wanted to hop on here this morning to do a little round away review of things I saw and liked or disliked for the last few days of professional wrestling because I felt so bad about not doing a nightcap review for NXT or the Dynamite Effect for AEW Dynamite on TBS. Charged my head and not my heart. I just needed to take a couple of days off, but I'm back. I have been refreshed, rejuvenated, and revived, and I'm back in the game and I miss you all. And I wanted to give you this Saturday morning treat, recapping some things that went down across Dynamite Smackdown and Rampage over the last few days. And with that, this wraps up the first ever and possibly only Saturday morning wrestling conversation right here on WST. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X. So you can find me tweeting about these podcast shows. The drop of the my daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AW Dynamite, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, and AW Rampage on TBS, along with the Sweetest Sessions dropping every Monday morning right here on WST as well. You know what to do, is Rest of Topia and follow me on a podcast: Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeart Radio Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus, Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back Tuesday morning with episode number 161 of the Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Night Raw. Until then, enjoy your Saturday, Sunday, and your Manic Monday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.